There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, the Bucks go to Dallas. They dominate the Cowboys in every way you can dominate a team, except, well, the place where it counts, on the scoreboard. They do what they do the best. They lose, this time 27-20 to 20 at AT&T Stadium. Very disappointing game if you're the Bucks. Two big plays, two turnovers, in fact, wound up being the difference in the game. And Tampa Bay now 5-10 and 10 as they head into the final game at home against the Atlanta Falcons. We've got a lot to talk about on this uh, overreaction Monday, although I don't think it's overreacting when you see where this football team is and just another chance to win a big game that they let slip away. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with Steve Versnick. Hey, before we get started, folks, it's Christmas Eve. And Merry Christmas to everybody. But you know what? I, I know there's a bunch of you guys out there, and you have not gotten your Christmas shopping done. Maybe you didn't even start. I'm going to bail you out. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do. Go see our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. That's right. That's where you're going to save everything. You're going to save Christmas for her, for your girlfriend, for your wife, for your loved one. They've got a great collect, uh, collection and selection of uh, diamond earrings, uh, bracelets, you name it. If you want to get engaged on Christmas Eve, not too late for that. You can hook you up with an engagement ring. And here's the deal. If you go now on Christmas Eve and tell them that you heard this on Sports Day Tampa Bay, Andy's going to save you 20% off. That's right, 20% off all jewelry purchases at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop there. It's 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. All right, so Steve, I'm still uh, in Dallas. I'll be headed home on Christmas Eve tomorrow, and um, I'm looking at, you know, numbers don't always tell the story, um, especially in football, right? I mean, that's you got to make plays, and a lot of teams move the ball between the 20s and that sort of thing. But I'm here to tell you, the Bucs managed to lose a game really with two plays that they screwed up, two turnovers, and we can get into that in just a minute. But consider this domination. Also a, a, uh, a situation with the coach and quarterback not watching the play clock. That was the third play that got him beat. But the Bucs had 27 first downs on Sunday to the Cowboys' 16. They had 383 yards to the Cowboys' 232. Uh, Jameis Winston, I think, threw for 336. Um, they dominated in time of possession, 35 minutes and 19 seconds to just 24 minutes and 41 seconds. And yet the Bucks were scrambling and trailing by two scores in this game and then screwed it up after that. Um, it's unbelievable how they've invented ways to lose this year. Look, Dallas is a better football team. They won the NFC East. They wrapped that up uh, you know, on Sunday with their victory over, over Tampa Bay. And the Bucs are going nowhere. They're 5-10. and 10. We got one game left at home against Atlanta on Sunday, and then we'll see a New Year's Eve, which will be Black Monday around the NFL. We'll get into Dirk Cutter, whether or not uh, the reports are out there that he may survive, may not. We'll talk about that. Um, but I'm here to tell you, it is it is just amazing to me uh, that this team, uh, you know, finds ways to to beat itself. And then talking to Demar Dotson and some others after the game, that's what he says. He says, you know, all year long we have done this. We have sort of, you know outplayed other teams or have enough talent to win and all these things, but we make 
we make bad turnovers, we make you know stupid plays, and we wound up costing ourselves. They had a lot of penalties too, although Dallas had ten penalties, the Bucks had nine, and that's yeah, the was Bucks a had a lot score. of offensive holding penalties. They did, and the, and the and the offensive holding penalties put them way behind the sticks. And you know why you hold guys because you can't block them. Well, and, and, and Jameis, look at the sacks and quarterback hits today with Dallas. Exactly, had. yeah, three sacks, eight quarterback hits, and then the holding penalties, which to me are as good or worse than a sack when you're behind the chains. And they overcame a lot of those, you know, some first and twenties and things like that. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, the uh, you know the penalties were egregious, and and it was because they can't handle the pass rush. Look, when your game plan ends up being that you throw the ball 48 times against the Cowboys, the way they get after the quarterback and they pursue, you're asking for trouble. You never want you never want your quarterback to throw 48 times. Although statistically, at least Jameis had a pretty good game. He was 34, 48, 336 yards with a touchdown, no interceptions, and a 97.2 rating. But obviously, there were two big plays in this game that turned the tide and gave Dallas 14 points. And you know, the first one. Um, you know, it, it, it's Jameis Winston not protecting the football. He's done a better job of that when he scrambles to get out of the pocket one time. Um, you know, sort of looked like they had at least a field goal in field goal range, uh, the Bucks were. And then he scrambles out. It's a strip sack fumble. And then that fumble, of course, is, is picked up by Jalen Smith and returned, um, you know, all the way for a touchdown. And so, you know, that's that's at least a 10-point swing. Um you know, and he goes 69 yards with it, which is a momentum killer on top of everything else. And instead of it being, you know, a maybe a seven to six game or something like that, now it's 14 to three. Uh, and then, you know, you had, they, you know, they cut it to 14 to six and then they trade field goals and it's 17 to six. Um, and, and, you know, the thing about the Bucks is, is that no matter any time they would get, you really never felt like they were going to finish the drives. I mean, this has been their thing all year. They, they move the football. They get down inside the red zone. They tend to buckle down uh, when they get down in there. But in the third quarter, the play that I just am, am still trying to figure out, um, Bucks down, trailing by, you know, they have a chance to get back in the game with a touchdown. They can make it a one-score game. Um, and they got the ball, you know, about the 24-25, somewhere in there at their own territory. And they run a jet sweep. Um, but, you know, not – not just with anybody. They run it with Bobo Wilson. Now, Bobo Wilson is a guy that started in the year on a practice squad all year. They've had some injuries. Um, he came up. And, you know, with all the options you have in a, in, in a game where you're trying to make it a one-score game, you think about, you know, Mike Evans and Adam Humphreys and Cameron Bray and Chris Godwin and Peyton Barber and even Jack Liz Rogers. Bobo Wilson on a jet sweep. And I talked to, to Bobo and others and Dirk after the game. And I said, was this because Deshaun Jackson had gone out of the game with, with a foot sprain or foot injury? Was that going to be his play? And he said, no. That was Bobo's play this week. Uh, we had the reverse in the first half to Deshaun, and, and uh, that, that, was a, that was a fly sweep. That was Bobo's play all week, so it wasn't that. This week, like, you put in a play for Bobo Wilson. Okay, you want to use the whole roster. But really? Like, it you know, you doesn't mean you have to run it. And I'm sure they didn't run it a bunch of times. Now, Jameis got credit for the fumble because of the handoff. Bubba Wilson said clearly he did not secure the ball when he did hand it to him. His, his eyes were upfield. He was always looking at the defense. And, you know, you end up with a fumble there, uh, ends in, you know, turns into a four-yard touchdown pass. And really, you know, the Cowboys were gift-wrapped. I know it's the season of giving, but, I mean, they just absolutely gave the Cowboys every scoring chance. And the Cowboys have been struggling on offense. They're coming off a game that they were shut out. 
uh, at Indianapolis, and and they did not do very well on Sunday against a Bucks defense that suddenly is at least respectable. Um, you know, with with Mark Duffner, I mean, you know, you take away essentially, you know, 14 points, and you're looking at a different ball game. Um, but this this Tampa Bay team, I mean, this is what details are so important. You know, things like handoffs, things that you take for granted. You know, that will get you in trouble and. The Bucs do not handle the details very well, and they didn't handle the Cowboys for sure, and they wind up with their 10th loss of the season. And I'm just telling you, man, it's it's hard to watch sort of, you know, how many ways they can lose. You know, one other play we'll talk about too, Steve, which I think comes down to a combination of coaching and quarterbacking, and that is, again, you know, the Bucs with a chance um, to get within seven. They've got the ball um, – you know, at the two-yard line, essentially, uh, and they have a chance to make a first down. They get a nine-yard run on first down from Peyton Barber, and they're sitting there at second and one at the two-yard line. They can make a first down, and all of a sudden, you know, it becomes fourth and one because they have a throwaway. They have a, a stop, you know, for no gain, and Winston is looking at the play clock on fourth and one. They're going to go for it, obviously, because they're down a couple scores. But they can get a first down at the one with a one-yard run. Both Cutter and Jameis Winston let the play clock run out to zero and get a delay of game penalty in that situation. That's unforgivable, Steve. Yeah, and, and Dirk's explanation was... I did think about a timeout, and I saw the clock. Um, you know, we were going to throw it anyway, so I just didn't know about using the timeout, and sometimes being back further gives you more more route options anyway. So, uh, you know, I also thought we were going to, I also thought we were going to get the ball snap. So uh, we, we, we didn't do a good job there. You know, well, it gave us more room. Yeah. And I, I was calling I can, a pass play anyway. I and can I figured... buy that if it was fourth and goal. Right. It wasn't. Right. It was fourth and one. Exactly. One That's more yard gave point. you a whole fresh set of downs. You get four more downs if you if you can sneak it across for a yard. And the irony is, is that so? Okay, so now it's fourth and sixth, and Jameis drops back to pass, which they planned on doing. No one's open. He gets pressure, and he makes a great effort to run up the middle and dives for the first down. Guess how many yards he was short? One. If you run that play on fourth down, if it's a pass then obviously he's in the end zone, or at least he gets a first down, he gets a yard out of it. So, you know, that, that explanation made no sense to me. You know, sometimes, well, I'll tell you what, if you needed more room to throw the ball, if that was your intent, then for God's sakes, tell Peyton Barber to fall down when you hand it to him because he got nine yards. You know, on first down, he gets nine yards. He should have gotten, I don't know, what you want him to get, three? Well, next, time, more next time they have first and goal at the you know one, I want them to take a delay of game penalty just to back up. Yeah, so must move it back because we might want to throw the ball here. I mean, that's insane. That makes that that when I heard that explanation, I was like, wait a minute. Pete Carroll you know, should have done that in the Super Bowl, <laughs> right? He would have. Yeah, he would have. Just he'd to have take two the delay of right game now. back up, and then you throw the ball from the six instead of the one. Exactly. Maybe Malcolm Butler doesn't intercept it that way. Maybe it's not even a question that you would hand the ball to. I don't know, beast mode for a touchdown. I mean, these are the things well, when you hear these things, but you're is, just like, is it, isn't isn't that isn't the whole thing, and, and them throwing at that down and okay with the delay of game, or maybe they just blew it and that's their their explanation. That's but, his explanation, yeah. But isn't this a result of not having a running game? 
Yes, absolutely, somewhat. Except that you just ran it for nine yards. Sure, but now, but as a know, whole, as a whole, the running game has not been good this season. No, it wasn't good. It wasn't good on Sunday. They averaged two point six yards a carry. I mean, Peyton. Well, that's Barber, why you throw it forty eight times. Right, exactly, because you can't run it. I mean, you tried to run it. They ran it twenty four times in a game that they trailed by two scores late. Um, but you don't throw the ball forty eight times against anybody, especially on the road. Um, and yet, that's the way they're built. And and you can say, well. Are they not good because they can't run? Or are they not good because they don't call enough runs? Um, that's a, that's an arguable debate. But to me, Peyton Barber has been pedestrian, and this offensive line has been below average. Um, and so, you know, you end up with a lot of these games, 17 carries for 43 yards, you know. And uh, your other leading rusher, no, not surprisingly, is your quarterback. So that's sort of the way it's been all season. They get nothing out of Ronald Jones. Um you know, they like Barber way more than anybody else likes Barber. The offensive line is, is an issue, was again on Sunday. I mean, they get the quarterback hit so much. And I know you're dropping back 48 times. And you're playing right in Dallas's hands because that's the strength of their team is their pass rush and their linebackers. And they tried to get the ball in the perimeter and do some things. But, you know, goodness, I mean, those guys can't hold up. You know, that offensive line has not played well, especially, you know, uh, Caleb Benenock. They had more penalties, like I said, you know, a bunch of holding penalties, and that's because they can't block it, guys, so they hold them. Um, you know, those things happen, but it, it, it just, this team, and it was one of those games, too, where you're thinking, okay, so the Glazers have a decision to make. Everybody's like, well, they've already made it, I'm sure. You know, what more do you need to see? But games like Sunday, you think about Winston, and you say, you know what? This guy plays hard. I mean, he does. He plays really hard. His effort is good. It's not easy to go down there and throw for 336, um, not turn the ball over, throwing it anyway. And then you get the two, you get the sack fumble and, and then the fumbled handoff. Sure, that goes on him, but I'm, I'm not sure it, you know, respectfully. I, I mean, we see quarterbacks get sacked and fumble all over the time, all over the place in this league. And, you know, in the case of the Bucs, it's because your quarterback's getting hit so much that that's likely to happen. And he makes a lot of plays by getting out of the pocket like he did on the touchdown throw to Mike Evans on Sunday. So you can't really have both. You can't have best of both worlds, a guy that can escape the pocket and make plays, keep his eyes downfield, and then get mad because he has pressure, because you can't block anybody long enough to give him time to set his feet and throw. Um, so but I, you know, so there's Winston, right? And then you think of Cutter, and you think of the delay games, and you think of you know, just the game plan in general. Um, the details that this team does not does not play well with uh, the clock management, which they've never done very well. Um, so that falls on Cutter. And then you think of the personnel, and you know, ignoring the offensive line for the most part, except for the drafting of Marpet. Uh, obviously, Donovan Smith. A lot of people don't like him, but the Bucks like him a lot more than others do. Trading or uh, signing Ryan Jensen in the offseason, who had another penalty, his 12th, I think, 11th or 12th this season, uh, which was a holding call. Uh, and then, you know, an aging DeMar Dotson, who's doing the best he can to hang in there. And then no no situation at right guard because you haven't really continued to draft players after Marpet and after Donovan Smith. You shut it down um, in part because you ended up with Roberto Aguayo. And so now you have no kicking game. We've already done that. They missed a 52-yarder on Sunday that would have, you know, it was really like 17 points difference. So, I mean, all these things, now that goes on Jason Light. So what's his evaluation? You know, he's in his fifth year. 
um, haven't made the playoffs. The Bucks probably won't finish in the cellar. That could go to Carolina. Uh, if they lose Sunday against Atlanta, though, you you know you you could have three teams with six and ten records, and then it's you know a matter of tiebreakers and conference record and things like that. But uh, I'm here to tell you, it, it just it, it never ceases to amaze me how this team has consistently had games they could win and then found ways to beat themselves. The other part of the equation is when you're talking about coaching, you know, there's sort of a big factor in this whole thing was obviously their defense and Mike Smith and the fact that, you know, Cutter uh, at one point said, well, what would changing one guy do? And then two weeks later, probably a week too late after the Chicago game, he went a bye week and then another game before he fired Mike Smith. Well, all that's happened is Mark Duffner has come in with less talent because remember he lost Quan Alexander. Um, he lost Justin Evans. He lost some players uh, that were there when Mike Smith was, was coaching. And he's done a credible job. I mean, Steve, this guy has this team since the time he took over, about the middle of the pack in the NFL in terms of points allowed and stuff like that. Um, they've gotten some turnovers. They didn't have any on Sunday. Um, but they've, they've actually played pretty respectably. The defensive line has gotten after the quarterback pretty good. And, you know, again, from a point standpoint, you know, they were really getting hammered on the road. But anytime, you know, you know, 27 Look, with 14, 14 points, of those points scored today, yeah, weren't, weren't on, on, your, the defense. on your offense. I mean, that's a 13, you know, that's 13 points. You know, the week before in Baltimore, they give up 20. I mean, these are these are scores you can live with. These are mm-hmm. th- those are good efforts against against teams that, you know, you're going to struggle with on the road. And you played well enough to win on defense. I'm impressed with what Duffner has done. Somebody was asking me if they did keep Dirk, would Duffner, you know, be their answer as defensive coordinator? And, you know, just depending on who else they thought was available, I, I think it's I think it's not a bad solution, to be honest with you. I think he's done a nice job. Well, and, and you know, here's the thing with it. And this is the hard part of the evaluation of Dirk is, look, this season's been crazy with, not having your starting quarterback the first three games for suspension. Right. But you have a historically good offense, by far the best in Tampa Bay history. And depending on which metrics you're looking at, one of the best in NFL history, especially from yardage standpoint. But you like Dirk. You like his offense. You like Todd Munkin's play calling. It's been very good. Yeah. You like Duffner now. Although, you know, the defense the last, you know, since he's taken over has been middle of the pack. It's been good. But the dramatic improvement over what it was, and you wonder with some new personnel next year and a change, could it be even could it you know improve more? And you think it would. You kind of wonder if, if if there's not part of the Glazers going. Maybe the pieces are here. I you mean, I, and I understand that argument. I do. Or, I, or like, may, I, maybe I, it's maybe it's like the coaching, and you want to change the GM. You know, I mean, that could that's uh, those are all options, right? You can change the coach. You can change the quarterback, you can change the coach and the quarterback, you can change the coach and the GM and keep the quarterback. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's a lot of variations to that equation because you have three people that you have to make decisions on. 
And it doesn't mean all three come back or all three are, are, are told to leave. Well, I think you and um, I agree that Jameis will be back next season. I totally agree with that. And yeah. I think, and to be honest with you, I think it's a good decision. And here's why. Like I, And listen, Jameis Winston is in no way you know, a favorite of this fan base. I mean, there are as many people, because I get the emails and I get the text messages, there are just as many people that think he's terrible, both as a quarterback and a human being as there are people that, that think that he gets way too much blame and that he's actually a pretty good quarterback. So it is polarizing as it can be. It is almost split. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's just incredible how many people feel that way. Um, however, if you look at the landscape of quarterbacks and you go, now that is one, that is one position where you know teams either have them or they're looking for one. And if you go into the side of where you're looking for one, okay, then you become like Jacksonville. You become, you know, there's so many teams. And, and, and quite frankly, unless you're confident, you're going to draft and develop a guy. And there's maybe three guys that could go in the first round. None of them as projected as surefire hits, you know. Um, but unless you think you can do that, you're looking at, you know, trying to find a free agent, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, or the guy in Baltimore, you know, that, Joe Flacco, uh, or is it Nick Joe Foles? Joe Flacco's Nick, not playing. Nick Foles, I believe, is a Nick free Foles agent. would be the other guy that would be a free agent. And, and some of those might actually work. I mean, Nick Foles might be a good, good, good get somewhere, but only for a few years, you know. And you're still gonna have to draft somebody at some point. So who do you trust to do that? You know what I mean? And, and that comes back to the GM question: you know, Is James is, you know, Jason Light gonna get the opportunity to draft another quarterback? Uh, is Dirk Cutter gonna get the opportunity to put his offense? around a guy if it's not James. I just think because he's under contract, because you rolled the dice with a 20.1, whatever it is, million dollars, if he got hurt at any time during the time he's played here, you don't have that money anyway. It seems to me that you're going to give this guy another another chance. And if you do, is the best thing to do to see if someone else, and someone else's voice, someone else's scheme, someone else's everything can help turn this guy around because you have so much invested, or... You know, do you think you just put better players around him another year with Cutter, no suspension, that everything is going to take care of itself? And that's that's a difficult decision because I think you're right. I agree, I would agree with you, Steve, that and, and people I, I haven't found I know there are people that say they don't want him here. But listen, when I talk to people in one buck place, there, there is no sign that I've seen that says they're they're done with Jameis Winston. Well, why, why would that. you be done with him? I mean, from just a pure football standpoint. You've, you've had him for four years. You don't right. have someone else capable. Ready. Do you really right. think that those free agent quarterbacks are better? Maybe you say Nick Foles is. Maybe. Right. Is anyone better? So, and, and he's only still at $20.9 million next year, which for a which quarterback is, is not that, that expensive. That no. And, and, you know, I've, I've said all along that I think they're going to take a, a quarterback this year. That next year will be a rookie in Jameis. Well, Look, I, I'm off. I think you should really try to draft those guys every year. I, I mean, you may not take them. The well, I'm, first say, three I'm rounds. saying a high. I'm saying a high quarterback. I, you yeah, know, they could. Bill Belichick they every could. two to three seasons takes a quarterback. Yeah, they absolutely could draft a guy in the first mm-hmm. or second round. I mean, I suppose. Thing is, if you draft them in the first round, then then you might as well throw Jameis away because now you know you're gonna you're gonna make the move to that guy. Well, sure, you know but, but I mean, you know, but at that point so you could do what Kansas City did. You can do what Kansas City. Did. I mean, Mahomes sat his first year. He did, and you had Alex Smith, and by the yeah. time Mahomes played, he was ready. Right. I mean, you that uh, with this look, the cost to bring Jameis back is not expensive. 
no. there's not there's not a hands down better option out there. That you're I mean to put it to put it in perspective because everybody goes twenty million dollars. Okay, well first of all that's what quarterbacks cost and that's what the position will cost. If you franchise um, a quarterback, once you get to that point, it's what closer to twenty eight thirty million, I believe, and that's going. I, a, I don't remember yeah. the number, but it's more than that. But the, here, here's the here's the thing. Yeah, around twenty eight or so. But here's the thing. Let's say let's agree that okay, Deshaun Jackson's moving on. Right, he's thirty two years old. Tried to play the other night, you know, on Sunday night did, or Sunday afternoon. Did okay, got hurt again. May not play against Carolina, and we probably we could have seen the last of Deshaun Jackson. He's going to be thirty two, so there's ten million off the salary cap right there. So you're telling me if Deshaun doesn't come back, the difference between Jameis staying and Jameis not staying is Deshaun Jackson, who you don't want anyway, right? Right. Yeah, you've and already, paid, you already paid for Jameis. Right, and the salary cap's already gone up another ten year, another ten million. It's gone up ten million a year since mm-hmm. two thousand fourteen. So just the difference in the salary cap and the revenues yep. is going to pay for that extra ten million dollars that he's going to make. So there's really no financial advantage other than you'd have a savings, obviously, of twenty million. But then you got to pay a quarterback, either a veteran or somebody else. I mean, you think Nick Foles is going to play for free? You don't think there'll be a market for some of these no, guys? Of course yeah, there will. The, the free agents are going to get paid. Right, so you can pay somebody else's problem, or you can pay your own. Look, you overpay and for free agents. Absolutely, you do. When you absolutely. when you go out in the free agent market, whether it was Ryan Jensen this year or Deshaun Jackson last year, you overpay for free agent because it's a bidding war. Yeah, and I'm I'm here to tell you that if if if, for, if Jameis made it to free agency, there'd be a bidding war for him. Absolutely. I mean, there's enough teams that still don't have quarterbacks they like. In fact, every year you can guarantee that there are 12 teams that love their quarterbacks. They're the ones that made the playoffs. Everybody else thinks their guy stinks. I'm, I'm telling you, if the Pittsburgh Steelers miss the playoffs, there will be people saying, I've had enough of Ben Roethlisberger. Get him out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, They won't like him. Now, he's a two-time you know, Super Bowl champion and going to the Hall of Fame probably, but there will be people in Pittsburgh that will say, I don't like him because we didn't even make the playoffs. So that's just the nature of the business. So, yeah, Jameis would have a market, and you know, I, at 24 years old, I just don't see, and I know what the Glazers think of them. I don't see them getting rid of them. So then it comes down to, like we've said, okay, so if that's the case, who's the best guy to continue forward? Is it Dirk? And, you know, there's a selling aspect to that. You know, you worry about attendance. Do you care? What will the fan base do? Um, what's going to be different about 2019 if you come back with the same group of coaches that, you know, obviously can't get these guys to respond? I mean, they won their first two weeks with Fitzpatrick. Who, by the way, on Sunday, was the inactive third quarterback, and I think that's interesting. Well, I, I think you know we've talked about this too. Is look, once you're eliminated, why shouldn't right. why shouldn't Ryan Griffin be the backup? Because right. he's never played it down. He's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. You might try to bring him back next year to be your backup. Good. Don't you want to know what he's got if you need to go to your second quarterback? Well, and I think it's too late to really figure out what you've got if you don't know what you you know well, but, you should uh, sort of know now. But I think it's important that get him you experience. Reward him. Get him experience. Yeah. If, if I think he has never taken a snap in the NFL. Right. Yeah. So had yeah. they got down by three scores, or James gets hurt, you know this about Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know you know what he is, but you also don't know if he's going to play another game in his life. You know he makes those decisions at this point in his career with his wife, who's expecting what their seventh kid or mm-hmm. something like that yep. um, this month. So, you know, um, it made sense to have Ryan up. And then, you know, if, if you get way ahead or way behind, you can at least get that monkey off his back. 
because he's he's been loyal to you. He's come out. He's worked hard. He's played well when he's given given a chance. He just needs time in the NFL as you know as a regular quarterback under center. So that that's what they did on Sunday, which I thought was interesting. Uh, turns out they couldn't use him because it was a close game and um, it never got out of hand. And they still think Jameis gives them the best chance. But if Jameis had gone out there and got stunk it up, or they got way behind, or they were way ahead, then you might have seen you might have seen Griffin. And I suspect they'll do that next week against Carolina as well. Um, they're still going to try to win the game, obviously. But even if they do win the game, I mean, here's the bottom line part of this: is you're one game, one win better than five and eleven. And you know, for all the stuff that went down off the field, which probably had a huge effect, you know, the it, it is a it is a sort of zero sum game for these head coaches in this league. Did you win or did you lose? Nobody well, cares. And even if you win next week, that means you won three of your last ten. Right, which is not great. Because you, you were, were three and three. You started two and zero. You were three and three. Right. That's right. And if you lose, that that I mean, you know, that means you won three of your last fourteen. If you lose, yeah. So, you know, that's that's really damning. It, it's just, you know, and, and look, I as I sit here, I don't know what the Glazers will do, and I don't think anybody does. And I think anybody tells you they know if their name is not Glazer, and I don't, I don't necessarily mean Jay. Uh, from Fox, but if their name's not Glazer, I don't know that I trust what they're saying. Well, and, and we, who knows if the decision's even been made? They're probably not. I mean, you know, look, Jason Light when they fired Lovey Smith, which was a shock to me at the time. I mean, I was it was three days after the season. I thought he was okay. He got two and fourteen. Then they were six and six, and then they lost their last four games uh, after Quan Alexander got suspended for BEDs. But at six and ten on a Wednesday after the season. Um, they decided to fire him. Well, you know the first time they talked to Jason Light about that? Week 17. The last week of the season was the first he had any inclination that they were thinking about making a change. And then they had to have three days of discussion about it. So, I mean, if you think, you know, if you think you can predict what the Glazers are going to do, I mean, this feels to me a little like when Mark Dominic and, you know, uh, Raheem Morris got fired, but remember when that when that happened, they had lost ten games in a row. Their their players had were were making business decisions. They weren't tackling, they weren't trying to win. Not all of them, anyway. And you haven't seen that with Dirk's team. I mean, Dirk's no. team is playing hard. Uh, no one's backing down. I mean, Brett Grimes, you know, that's kind of been a yearly thing, but um, he clearly doesn't look like he wants to play any more football at all. Uh, but aside from that, you know, you can't make that accusation, but it just sort of feels like, you know, the way, the way things are going, it's possible according to Peter King and others that they can make a clean sweep. I don't know what they're going to do. Cause I, you know, that's, that's the thing about, about this business. And, and, and if you don't think, you know, when you talk about the whole information, how about the fact that just in the last few days, the Baltimore Ravens have said John Harbaugh's back, and they may win that division. I was going to say, right now, they're in first place in the division. They're in first place in that division. So John Harbaugh's not going anywhere. He's got tremendous leverage over the Ravens. Um, you know, I saw a report that Dan, Dan Quinn, Quinn looks probably, like he's going to be back. He's going to survive. So they're, they're, they may just change coordinators uh, on the offense and get rid of Sarkeesian. So, okay, so I thought maybe the whole NFC South would be good. We don't know about Ron Rivera. But the last time Ron Rivera was let go by the Bears as a coordinator, he had a job before he left the building, and he probably will again. You know, he probably, if the Carolina fires him tonight, 
he could have a job in 10 minutes. Well, if they, know, if they fire him, it's going to be the new owner wants his coach in there. Sure, and that happens. That mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. happens. They've had a bad year. They started 6-2. and two. Yeah. Well, and Cam's and, not right, which is a lot of why they've no. gone into this tailspin. Right. He, he's, they finally shut him down, you know, now that everything's over. Uh, and he's got to have surgery. And, and, you know, again, the quarterback is the biggest part of all this. And Rivera can pay for it. But, but you don't. My point is you don't know the landscape. You don't know who's available. You don't know all these things. Um, and we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. I mean, they could easily have a coach that's their surprise guy, you know, whether it was like Chip Kelly one time or Bill Parcells or whoever uh, that they've been talking to. And, and they may be okay with that. We're going to find out. And we're going to find out soon. I mean, we only have to wait probably until New Year's Eve, which is Black Monday in the NFL. So You might know that guys, Sunday night. You never know. You could. Although that has not been what they've done. No. I don't believe they fired a coach Sunday night. Monday morning they have after the, the players come in, go through their exits, and then they whacked them. Uh, that happened with, uh, you know, with Graciano and Mark Dominic. Uh, like I said, in the case of Lovey Smith, it was three days after the season. In the case of John Gruden and Bruce Allen, it was three weeks after the season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's no pattern here, folks. There just isn't. Um, and and they want to have all the information, and, and they won't have it until Sunday. And it's not about what they've seen from Dirk uh, or Jason Light, but it's it's also about just you know what their alternatives are. So. We'll find out, but uh, another lost Sunday for the Bucks and their fans, 27 to uh, 20. And I'm sure some people are happy, uh, believe it or not, that root for draft position. The chance the Bucks could could sneak their way, I believe I saw, where they could sneak their way all the way as far as number five. Yeah, I believe uh, uh, currently they're sixth. As it stands, they're tied for uh, – be, there's five teams tied in the five spot. And I think the yeah. Lions have the five spot in the Bucks. Uh, right. I believe it was the Giants, the Bills, and Jaguars – round out sure there. but yeah and right. what you what you don't know though about that steve is that you don't know what the consensus is going to be right there's always a consensus about here are the 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 blank number of can't miss players right guys that are just elite it looks, it looks like draft. it's a heavy defensive lineman draft it is it truly is and they could use defensive linemen there's no question about that i mean you know they carl nassib was a great find they could but are you going to take a defensive lineman if you're number one pick two years in a row when you've got some know. other pressing needs, whether it's... I don't know, but I'm not going to overdraft an offensive lineman if I don't think he's no, as good as no, the no, guy that's ahead of him. You know, Look, I, if they're taking anything but a quarterback, if I'm the Bucks, I'm probably trying to trade back. Right. That's because possible. you need more picks. You need more players on this roster. You've got to build that defense. You know, you, you've and got some young guys line. in the secondary, but the offensive line has been ignored uh, really since Jameis's, you know, class came out with Marpet and Donovan Smith. You got to make decisions on if you're going to re-sign Donovan Smith, which I, I think is a no-brainer. I think they will. I know people hate him, but if Donovan Smith goes out in free agency, he's the number one free agent well, at left tackle. Who are you replacing him with? Well, that's the problem. Again, you know, you don't know that there's going to be a guy there in the draft. Most of those college linemen come out of college; they've never played uh, in a pro system. They, they're spread offense, stand-up guys, and it becomes a real problem. You know, so you know. Free agency is not the answer because good players don't get the free agency. That's why Donovan Smith, you know, would would cash in if he ever made it out there. He's a guy that's never missed it; he never missed a game. So, you know, it's but they do have to. They do have. They have needs. And they have lots of needs, and they would certainly have some equity if they picked in the top five. Even if they picked in the top ten, you can move down, pick up extra picks. I mean, those are all questions for later. But, um, you know. 
I, I just I think the quarterback stays. I don't know who coaches them, and I don't know who the GM is. And those questions will be answered, I think, in short order. And we'll we'll probably know, I would hope, going to Glazers, I hope we know by midweek next week, if not sooner. I, I, that that would be my prediction. That if they're going to do something, they've had, you know, this isn't like a couple of years and, oh, we got the wrong guy. This is three years with Dirk, five years with Jason. So plenty of evaluation time for both of them. Uh, and again, the constant being the quarterback uh, who's just come through his fourth year and it has lost, by the way, I think it's like 13, 12 or 13 straight starts now on the road. Yeah, another road loss. Uh, the Bucks went 1-7 and seven on the road this year, the only win being at New Orleans to open the season. Isn't that something? But they stunned New Orleans 48-40. New Orleans, uh, by the way, clinched home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They will not play in a game the rest of the year. That's not under the roof, I don't think. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's their only road win. I mean, these numbers are so bad when you really break it down, but uh, – but that's where we go. We got one more week to go, and we'll know uh, we'll know more about the Bucks and which direction they're headed. But another tough loss, and just add that to all the other one-score losses and, and uh, games they gave away throughout the season. This thing could have turned out a whole lot different for the Bucks. So, Steve, uh, let's take this time. I want to wish everybody a very merry Christmas. I hope you get everything that you've asked Santa for, but mostly health and happiness uh, coming up through the new year. And uh, you know, for the Bucks fans, well. 2019 might bring uh, might bring some changes, but uh, it's been great for you guys. I appreciate it. It's been a great year for us, of course, listening, uh, doing this podcast and, and gotten great feedback from everybody. So yes, yeah, very thankful uh, to all who listen and, and those who send feedback and the, even those who don't. Very thankful yeah. for you. It, uh, Rick and I really appreciate it. And we do. It's been a lot of we fun do. and I uh, can't wait to keep going into next year. We will do that. And, and, and remember now, you got one day left to shop. I'm telling you guys. If you're panicky, don't. This is the answer. Go to Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Go see my friend Andy. He's going to hook you up, and you're going to get 20% off all jewelry purchases. Continental Wholesale Diamonds, 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. Go see him, and he'll take care of you for Christmas. So from all of us at Sports Day Tampa Bay, for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you soon. 